Welcome back to Beat the Good with Kate, the show that inspires each of us to see how we have the power to make a difference all around us. Each episode highlights an individual doing good in the world while following their passions, good for their own souls and for others. I get so excited about sharing each and every episode of Be The Good With You, and I hope you enjoy these people and stories. If you're new here, welcome, and if you are returning, thank you so much for your support. I'm so glad you found Be The Good With Kate and would love to hear from you. If you're finding value in these episodes, I invite you to share with someone who could also use this dose of good news, or tag me on social with your favorite quote from the episode. Every share, subscriber, review, and comment helps me to share these guests' wonderful work to more people. Thank you for your help in this. Now, onto this week's episode. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. Jason Bahamundi created the company Run Try Bike, and as he wrote to me, I wanted this platform to be a guiding light for others to follow in these amazing athletes' footsteps. The athletes that share our stories are not elite. They are not getting paid to perform, but are your everyday athlete. They have jobs, families, friends, and many other responsibilities, but still get up and train and race. I love this. As someone also in the fitness industry, I have been fortunate enough to witness so many amazing accomplishments that indeed do not make it to news outlets. Women in their third trimester of pregnancy still showing up for themselves at the gym. A group of 6 a.m. boot campers who all have full-time jobs in Manhattan and families yet commute in from the suburbs every morning to start their day with movement. Someone devoting extra hours to raising money by shaving his head and doing a race for a cause he cares deeply about. People in their 70s who know how important it is to keep moving and have wowed me by their balance, progress, and push-ups. And these are just a few stories that come to my mind. Jason has more, and believe it or not, this just skims the surface on what is included in this episode. Jason's business acumen, thoughts of successes and failures, and actionable advice on reaching your goals makes this feel like multiple episodes in one. So anyway, you can see why I love this conversation with Jason. He is such a joy to hear from, and whether you are an endurance athlete or someone looking for a dose of motivation in any area of life, I am so happy you are here for today's episode of Be the Good with Kate. P.S. A podcast makes for a great listen while walking safely. Just saying. Enjoy. Very excited to welcome Jason Bahamundi here, who is the creator of Run Try Bike. So Jason, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. I appreciate your time. Well, I know that there is so much you do and have done. So please just start by telling us who you are and what you do now in your own words. Man, I mean, this is this is sort of a gotcha trick question already, right out of the gate. <laughs> right. So who am I and what do I do? So I am an endurance athlete. I have been participating in endurance sports for almost 15 years. For those of that, you that don't know, that means I participate in triathlon. Um, I'm a long distance runner, 100 mile to 250 mile races. I swim. So basically I swim, bike and run for hours on end, right? Um, I'm a business owner. As you mentioned, I am the founder and co-owner of Run Try Bike. We are an endurance sports flat platform that talks about people and their everyday stories and their vulnerabilities so that the audience can see themselves in that person and want to get out there and swim, bike and run for hours on end as well. I also happen to be a teacher at uh, two different colleges. I teach uh, business and marketing at two different colleges. Um, I happen to love to cook, which means I happen to love to eat as well. Um, And then honestly, I love reading um, today's news and what's happening in politics and social media um, and life. And then watching TV and movies has been my favorite since I was a kid. Um, It's my way to get away. And so uh, 
As a side note, for those of you who have Netflix, Operation Mincemeat is a great World War II movie. I just watched it this past weekend, getting on it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I feel like I feel like I have watched that one and I'm totally blanking now, but then because the title just rang a bell immediately. Uh, but Jason, I love, we were talking right before we started too about how the website and all the publications associated isn't just about tips and tricks for how to do XYZ in relation to fitness, but it's the stories and about the quote unquote average person, right? I think so often we hear endurance athlete and we think, oh my gosh, this person's been a runner their whole lives or they, they were biking since they were five years old and they must have this as a full-time job. So tell us a little bit more about the people, the stories that you're sharing on the site. Absolutely. So I'll go back to how we got started. And I think that'll really tell the story of who we are and what we're trying to accomplish. So um, I was a vice president of marketing and sales at a company called Travelhost when the pandemic hit. So as you can imagine, with the word travel in the name, um, business wasn't great at the time. Um, but I was very fortunate that my mentor kept me on as a consultant with the company. And one day he got a phone call that Texas Runner and Triathlete magazine was for sale. And would I be interested in purchasing it? And I spoke to the owner a couple of times and, and we were just not even going to come close to making a decision. And when I hung up the phone the second time, I looked at my mentor, his name is Bill. And I said, Bill, you know, I can do this on my own. You know, I think I don't, I can start this business and I don't need to have purchased another business to get this going. And so I called a handful of freelance journalists and asked them, what could a new publication in the marketplace do to set themselves apart from the others? And they said, if you talk two with and four beginner athletes, you'll have a really good chance of standing out. And so I took that under advisement and I thought to myself, yeah, but what would stop them from doing that same thing if we were to gain enough traction to be seen? And um, immediately I thought, you know what, we need to tell stories of underrepresented athletes in these sports. And so we started with a base of um, women, people of color, LGBTQIA+, and physically challenged and disabled athletes, both visible challenges and disabilities, as well as the invisible ones like rheumatoid arthritis. And we launched ourselves in, in January of 2021. We are now coming up on uh, January of 2023. So two years of being in this space and we could tell all the tips and tricks and do's and don'ts. I've been doing this for 15 years. My partner's been doing it for about five years. Um, but the reality is we want to tell stories. We want to hear um, of the everyday athlete who has overcome drug and alcohol abuse, the mother who's coming back from pregnancy, the um, athlete who's just getting started at 65 and, and found the sport. Um, because to your point, the vast majority of us didn't start these sports when we were five years old. Um, the vast majority of us aren't going to go pro. We're not elite. Um, we are literally hobby joggers who happen to really love this stuff. And those are stories that we want to tell and share. And our platform has continued to grow for two years. And we are excited to be embarking on our third year uh, down this path. Oh, that's fantastic. And <clears throat> I just have to go on an aside for a quick second, because I'm sure you can comment on this a lot. It's, so my husband is now a marathon runner, but historically, 
he did not run. He was not into exercise or anything like that. So today when he meets someone and he's like, oh yeah, I'm running the New York City Marathon or I've run this many marathons, they see, I'm just, I've really come to notice this reaction of, oh, like you're in a different league. Like you wouldn't understand the, the regular person's challenge of getting out the door for exercise. And I've started to be like, hey, he only talks about that he does marathons now, but you should really hear the fact that 10 years ago, he didn't run period. And I'm just so fascinated by that story. So do you, uh, do you have, maybe have a moment or a person that you've had a similar conversation with that comes to mind of just being able to say, to show them like, oh no, it is that, I hate using this term regular person, but that, that you know, the everyday non-professional athlete. Yeah, I, I'll tell you two. One would be me, right? So I played high school football and I would see the kids running around the track and I think to myself, why are you doing that? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you <laughs> run? It doesn't look fun, right? Um, and then I got involved in endurance sports and I was voluntold that I was going to be participating in the Westchester half marathon up there in Westchester, New York. And um, I went to the local track in White Plains, New York, and I ran my first quarter mile. And I was so out of breath. Like, I thought the world was going to end. And I walked a quarter mile, ran a quarter mile, walked a quarter mile, picked up my Gatorade and went back home. Um, And I thought I was a champion, but I was hooked. And, you know, you start to figure out where you can put the pieces and parts for training into all of these uh, things that you do that are going to pay the bills, right? You have a mortgage, you have a car payment, you have health insurance, life insurance, whatever it is, you have bills that you have to pay. So you have to go to work every day. And so you have to figure out how does running fit into that versus the other way around, right? How do I fit my everyday job into running? It's got to be how does running fit into the other thing? and figure out what's important to you. If it's running marathons, great. If it's running a 5K, that's fantastic too, right? Like don't diminish your goals and what you've accomplished just because somebody else has done something that's important to them. My partner, here's the second story. My partner, Om Gandhi, when we launched our platform, actually wrote an article for our How It All Started series called It Started With A Quarter Mile. And he started literally almost exactly the way I did with going a quarter of a mile. And now today he just was up in Moab uh, and ran the 200, the Moab 240, right? So he went from a quarter of a mile to racing a 240 mile foot race. And he keeps it all in perspective though, right? He was, he's an engineer, he's a co-owner of a business and he fits running into his life so that he can make the ability and have the ability, excuse me, to go back out, to go and run and go do these events in these other parts of the country and not be, um, he's not elite, right? So he's got to make sure that he can still pay the bills. And so the reality is we are all capable of doing this. We just have to get out of our own way a lot of the time, right? And don't think because somebody else is doing something that you have to do that too. I, again, I've been doing this for 15 years. I have finished eight Ironman races. I have finished eight 100 mile foot races. I have finished a 250 mile foot race as well. But I like to go for a very long time. I call myself a candle versus a match. If you're a 5K (laughs) person and you wanna run 5Ks and you wanna run half marathons and you wanna run marathons, do it. If that's what sets your heart on fire, 
do it. And don't worry that Jason is running a 250 mile race or a hundred mile race. You will find people in that world that have as much passion for that event as you do. And you will click and you won't have to even think about that guy who's doing, you know, 250 miles or a hundred miles. Well, I really loved that you said it so quickly, but it was so powerful is you Mm -hmm. ran that first quarter mile and you felt like a champion because that was where you were in that moment and you celebrated it. And that's such an important reminder, right? Especially when we're starting out or when we're going to another level of celebrate it all because celebrate it it all. Yes, Whatever we're doing, we're doing something. Yeah, you know, I, I think that in, because of today's society and, and technology, we're always seeing everybody's highlight reels, right? Everybody looks like they're doing so many amazing things that we ask ourselves, am I doing enough? The reality is, the answer is yes, you are doing enough. And what you do does matter. And take pride in what you have done. And don't worry about the next tomorrow while you're in today's world. Accomplish what you need to accomplish today and tomorrow will come. Trust me, it will be there. The sun will rise again. Um, but I think we get so hung up on other people's accomplishments that we ask ourselves, are we doing enough for ourselves? The reality is be present, enjoy what you're doing. And if it doesn't bring you joy, move on. You know, one of the things that I said I did earlier is I teach uh, business and marketing to college students. And, you know, sometimes they'll have their phone out and I know they're not paying attention to me because I'm not that funny in class and they're laughing at something. And I will ask them, why would you go to college without going to college? And the first time I asked that question, they were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, whatever it is that's on TikTok right now will be there when this conversation ends. But you're paying a large amount of money to be here in this classroom. You should be in this classroom and be present. And so I say that to 18 year olds. But you could say that to 48-year-olds. You could say that to 68-year-olds. Like be present in the moment and embrace that moment that you're in and know that what you're doing is accomplishing something and celebrate it. Like don't ever diminish your accomplishments. You're giving so many great good news moments, which is what I always love to ask about. And (laughs) something that also is coming to mind that maybe you can comment on is since starting Run, Try, Bike, have you interacted with, because I know it's, it's online, so a little bit harder and during a pandemic, but is there feedback you've gotten? Are there people you've interacted with who have said, you know, I didn't find enjoyment in exercise or in movement, but now I am, or they've accomplished goals because of your site. Any stories from there you'd like to share? So how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> much or as little as you want. <laughs> so... Um... A couple of stories uh, in the most uh, recent past that just jump out immediately. Oscar Gonzalez, who lives here in the Valley in Phoenix, um, is a recovering alcoholic and a drug addict. And he participated in a giveaway that we had. And we just connected because we both live in, in Phoenix. And as we connected through direct messages on Instagram, he wound up winning the contest. And um, what we did was we paid, we offered a scholarship. So we paid for a race entry for him um, because we're also big believers that money shouldn't be the barrier to enjoying endurance sports. And so we put out a scholarship for people to participate in, in a sense, and plus a whole bunch of other giveaways. But what we did is I, I connected with him and talking to him and I said, you know, you need to tell your story of how you got here how you got started, because it's really impactful. And so he wrote a story 
about you know overcoming alcohol and drug abuse. Um, and it's one of the most popular ones we have on our site. And then about two to three weeks ago, he um, thanked us for paying for his race entry and sharing his story because we shared it again. And he said it came at the right time because I'm having troubles with alcohol and, and drugs. Like it's, it feels like it's pulling me back in. And so him reading his own story helped him to overcome it again and get away from it. And so, you know, every now and again, I'll, I'll email him or excuse me, direct message him and, hey man, how are you doing? Is everything okay? And just wanna check up on you and make sure you're going in the right direction. Um, and it's super impactful, right? He helped himself. And then I have another story uh, of Marcy Goldberg who wrote uh, a story about having um, suicidal thoughts about three times and how she was very hesitant to share her story with the world, so to speak. Um, and she emailed me back and forth a couple of times and said, I don't know that I wanna tell this, I don't know. And I said, no pressure, you do what you wanna do. We won't publish it if that's not something you want us to share. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the next day she emailed me, she said, you know what? It's important that people know this stuff. I wanna share our story, my story with your readers through, our, through your platform. And from Marcy's story, we have gotten a couple of emails from folks thanking us about how triathlon helped her, you know, not commit suicide. And then you see the comments on the Instagram post that we shared about Marcy and they're so positive. We're so thankful that you're here. You know, we're glad you overcame and, and are doing these sports. And it's just, you see that stuff. And, you know, if I get emotional, you have to forgive me, but that's the kind of stuff that was the basis for the platform getting started, right? You know, not everybody's gonna run a four minute mile. Not everybody's gonna run a two and a half hour marathon. Not everybody's gonna finish an Ironman in under eight hours, um, but we all have stories to tell and we don't know who they're going to impact. So let's tell them anyway and share them with the world um, and show the vulnerabilities. And I think just that's super important that we do that. Um, I'll tell you a third story if you, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, please. So we started a DNF, my DNF story and lessons learned um, article series. And for those of you in the audience who don't know, DNF is did not finish. Um, a lot of people take a lot of time, sometimes in some cases up to a year of training for an event. And then things don't go right on the day of the event and they DNF, they do not finish. And it's painful, you know, and I think a lot of times people put their value in that failure. Um, and what we wanted to do was normalize that people fail. Um, it happens all the time, um, but it's only a failure if you don't learn from it. And so we started this DNF story and lessons learned, and I wrote the first one. And from that first one, we have gotten people who are emailing us like, thank you so much for that. I don't know that I'm ready and willing to tell my story about DNFing to the public, but knowing that you as an accomplished athlete have a DNF story and are willing to share it has had an impact on me to accept my DNF and put it in perspective and understand that there are other things in life far more important than the outcome of a single race on a single day. Um, and, and I think those are the kinds of things that we strive to do is provide that type of example to folks who are following our platform. Amazing. And before I move on, can you just tell a little bit more for someone who hasn't been to the platform itself, a little bit more about how it's structured, what they can find there, uh, just any of those details? 
Absolutely. So we have a website. It's runtrymag.com. We also offer a newsletter and the newsletter is important, not just because you'll get stories delivered to your inbox once every two weeks, give or take, but the subscribers to our newsletter actually get the digital version of our magazine, which has content that we don't share anywhere else. Um, and a lot of that is stories of athletes that we interview and some tips on how to overcome things and just stories that you won't get anywhere else. Um, as a matter of fact, our November, December issue, which comes out on November 15th, will be featuring uh, Abby Robbins, who is a non-binary gravel cyclist. And you won't find their story on our website. Um, so our website, our newsletter, and then we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the uh, Run, Try, Mag name. And you'll see stories and, you know, Ohm is my partner who manages the social media and he puts out memes on Meme Monday. Um, and so we want to make it also enjoyable and allow you to laugh at yourself a little bit. Excellent. Well, I saw that already just looking at it today, too, um, where I know this is coming out in January, but we're filming it in, on Halloween. And you had nice yep. little the skeleton community uh, getting yourself something about positive vibes and getting yourself out the door to exercise. That's right. By the way, for Halloween, 100 grand bar is still the best candy bar there is. <laughs> Do you mean by taste or health? <laughs> <laughs> both. We need to have a little guilty pleasures in our lives if we want to call them that. So it's both. And I, you know, I just love that comment too, because that's another thing. I think so often it's like, you know, oh, endurance athlete, top of their game. They must have the strictest diet ever. They must not do this and do that and not do that. And it's like, uh, there's a balance in life for everything. For, for the people who have who are watching this podcast, you will have seen the face I made. But for those <laughs> of you who are listening to it, let me tell you, right? Like I love pizza. I love chocolate. I love cake. I love pie. I am eating, you know, I eat a lot and I enjoy what I eat. Life is too short to not do that. So for me, eat the hundred gram bar, enjoy it. It's not going to ruin any of the training that you've done. Trust me. Hey, it's all about that balance. Yes. So, Hey, Jason, what are some of your go-to mantras or sayings that have gotten you through? Yeah, I, I think one of the ones that I've leaned on recently is don't be your own worst enemy. Mm. Um, you know, my partner and I, we will bounce ideas off of each other constantly. What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And then we get in our way, our own way, excuse me. And we're like, oh, but that won't work because of X or that won't work because of Y. And the reality is we have no idea if it'll work or not unless we give it a try, right? So let's get out of our own way. Um, I teach that to my students. I have uh, this term. I've had 90 students that I'm teaching um, in, in person. And I would say 10 to 15 of them have come up to me this term and asked me about starting their own business. And there are rules and guidelines and, and you know, patterns and things that you need to pay attention to. But the reality is you won't know unless you try. And so I, I encourage them, like, don't, don't get in your own way in both failure and success, right? Because I think one of the things that a lot of people can relate to is a fear of failure. And what if it doesn't work out? But I think what most people also don't recognize is their fear of success. What if it does? What if it does work out? They get scared of that. And so they don't try. And so I try to encourage them, like, don't worry about being the next billion dollar company. Just worry about getting the project off the ground today. And so I encourage them, like, just 
don't be your own worst enemy. Um, another thing is, um, for me, is failure is success. That's one of the things that I preach often, because with every failure, we learn something. And we get to our end goal a lot faster when we learn things all along the way. Um, you know, because as you know, uh, success is not a straight line, right? It's not linear. It's a lot of jagged up and downs, up and downs, up and downs until you finally get there. So, you know, um, failure is success is another mantra I like to use and then remind myself of. And then the last thing when it comes to endurance sports and honestly running a business, um, the, the hardest muscle to train lies six inches between your ears, um, right? We're so focused on getting bigger biceps and triceps and stronger legs and calves and things like that. But if you're not mentally strong to handle the rigors of an endurance sports event or mentally strong to handle the rigors of running a business, there's a good chance it's not going to be successful. Um, and so I encourage people read, like just constantly read, read everything you can get your hands on. Every morning I read four to five newsletters um, about business, about creative writing, about um, endurance sports. Um, because those are the things I'm passionate about. If you're passionate about World War II, subscribe to newsletters that are about World War II. And you'll find things that you probably did not know and you'll be better at it so that when you go to that next you know, event and you're talking to other World War II enthusiasts, you can have a conversation with them. Um, so follow your passion and just consume and read and process. And then lastly, honestly, have an imagination. Ask questions ask questions. The greatest way to learn is to communicate. Um, and so that's a whole bunch of, a lot of different mantras and thought processes, but you know, that's the way my mind works, right? Read, consume, ask questions, consume, ask more questions, consume, and, and just keep that ball rolling. And don't be afraid to ask questions. That's another thing I encourage my students, right? Um, the phrase, there are no dumb questions. There are no bad questions. Really, sits with me. And I encourage them all the time there, because if you have a question, there's a good chance some of the other 40 students in this room have that same exact question. So just raise your hand and let's ask and let's talk. Um, so I think communication is key is another good mantra. People need to talk more, um, text less, <laughs> you know, pick up the phone and call each other. Oh, those are all just one more fantastic than the, than the other there. And it also brought to mind another question, because I feel like this will come up when people listen. How did you, I don't really know where I'm, how I'm wording this question, but I feel like you're going to be able to give me an answer. How did you find a way, create a way to structure your days to fit in all the reading you do, all the working out, and then the quote unquote parts that make money? in between two. How did you make that happen? And because I know that that's one of the number one things I hear from people, right? I don't have time. How has that worked for you? <laughs> that makes me laugh because you do have time. It's what are you prioritizing? Honestly, what are you prioritizing? I go back to the example of my students. Why go to college if you don't go to college? If you're scrolling TikTok, that takes time. If you're scrolling Instagram, that takes time. And so if you're doing that, you're not doing something else, right? There's opportunity cost to everything in life. So when, to answer your question is, and for those of you who are at home watching this, like I have a notebook, my notebook and my pen are with me. Um, 
And I'm always writing down, you know, what's important, what do I need to accomplish on that day? And if it's not something that I can accomplish on that day, I'll turn the page to Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day I think I can accomplish it on and put it there and organize myself that way. But I also include the training um, that I'm undergoing, right? So right now I'm starting a comeback to a hundred mile uh, trail race, which will happen at the end of April. And for uh, November, December, uh, I'll be in the gym strength training. And so for me, that's where it starts. And that's 45 minutes to an hour. So I know that that block of time is out. Get up in the morning, you know, as I'm brushing my teeth or I'm getting my coffee ready, I'll read the newsletters because I'm also reading newsletters that are only take about five minutes. If it's a newsletter that's super long, like that gets marked unread and will get read when I have the time to do it at the end of the day. So I just prioritize things. What's most important? What do I need to get done first? What do I need to get done second? Um, use your calendar, use a notebook, um, dedicate notebooks. That's another thing that I encourage people to do. So you have a training log, endurance sports notebook. You have a running your business notebook. You have your uh, things I need to do from my students notebook. And then I have you know, a daily calendar. And so it's a lot of writing um, and paying attention to that and isolating timeframes. But it works for me because when I write things down, I tend to remember them more, even over typing an email or sending a text. Writing takes, you know, allows me to remember that stuff. And it comes down to then prioritizing. And you can move things around. It's okay. Um, I have a standing meeting every two weeks with a web developer who's also sort of like my marketing go-to person who I love to bounce ideas off of. And we have a brainstorming every, every uh, two weeks on Tuesday mornings. Well, tomorrow I happen to be substituting and so I have to cancel the meeting, right? So reach out to her, reschedule the meeting for a time that works for her and a time that works for me. Um, and don't be afraid to do that. Like don't stress yourself out so much that like none of the meetings matter because you're distracted with the next meeting and the next meeting and the next meeting. And that goes back to what you said about being present for sure. Yeah. And I also like to remind people too of that. If it's not an hour in the gym, that's okay too, right? If, if that's not what you have time for, you have time for something, right? We all yep. can do something and whether that's fitness related or, you know, that cleaning project or whatever it is. So one of the things I like to do, I'm a salesperson at heart. When I'm selling, I pace, I walk back and forth constantly what people fail to recognize is that pacing is walking at a low heart rate. Your heart rate is elevated in comparison to sitting on the chair or the couch, right? But that's working out. Like I'm literally walking in and if it's a 30 minute conversation, I can end up walking somewhere between two and three miles, just pacing back and forth. And that all counts, right? If you're at home, honestly, throw a yoga mat or a towel on the floor and do some core work while the TV show is on, right? Commercials last two to three minutes, get core work in two for two to three minutes, every 10 minutes in a 30 minute show, you'll be great. You'll be happy. You know, there's so many ways that you can structure things. Um, but it goes back to having an imagination to do it and prioritizing what's important. Cause you could sit on the couch and scroll Instagram and TikTok for that 30 minutes as well. Right. What's a priority to you? What's most important to you? I feel like, uh, I'm like talking in a mirror here. <laughs> Yes, the amount of times I've said walk while you talk on the phone. <laughs> yes, so absolutely. Uh, and it, there's so many ways we can add it in, you know, to build up to whatever we're we're building up to. 
I, I think you think more clearly when you're walking and talking too, because if you're sitting at your desk or your laptop, right, you can have things popping up at you, emails coming at you left and right. But if you're walking and talking, you can only do one of two things. You're either talking or listening. That's it, right? Your, your email's not coming at you. Text messages aren't coming at you. And so I think when you walk and talk, it makes a huge, huge difference. So Jason, a question I've been asking everybody the, for the last season and a half now is if someone came to you and they wanted to make a difference, just in general, they wanted to make the world a better place in their own world, in their own communities rather, but they didn't know how, they didn't know how to start, they didn't know what to do. Is there any advice you'd give them? Don't overthink it. Hmm. Don't overthink it, right? We, again, we get bombarded with these images and these messages um, from the media and social media. Uh, Jeff Bezos is worth X billions of dollars. Elon Musk is worth X billions of dollars. Mark Zuckerberg is worth X billions of dollars. And people start to get these grandiose dreams and I have to do these 900 things so that I can make a billion dollars. Well, the reality is you have to do one thing first. So don't overthink it and do that one thing. And then the second thing will come. Um, when it comes to running hundred mile races, here's an example of that. I don't run 100 miles. I run one mile, 100 times, right? Mm -hmm. I've broken it down so that I can do something that I know that I can do. I know I can run one mile. So I run my mile. I stay present in that mile. And once that mile is done, I forget about it. I can't change it, right? If I ran it slower than I wanted to, what am I supposed to do? Rewind? Can't change it. Um, if I ran it faster, now I've learned, okay, I ran it too fast, slow down for the second mile and stay present in the second mile and just keep repeating that over and over and over again until I reach the 100 mile finish line. That's not to say it always goes perfectly smoothly, smoothly, right? You have to make adjustments and make changes, but the reality is you just don't overthink it. Keep it simple. The simpler you have it, the easier it is to execute, the faster you'll get to your end goal. So I always like to tell people, just don't overthink it and start today. That is simple and strong advice. And before we wrap up, Jason, I have to ask one more thing about something you just said. And that's when you first started out training to your past your quarter mile. Now you're reaching for the hundred mile marker. And you said that one mile at a time. How did you mentally get to that point of saying, I'm going to take it one mile at a time? Were you always there or was that something you had to learn? Yeah, I had to learn it. Yeah. So I ran my first, my second hundred mile race, excuse me. And um, I said, I want to finish under 24 hours. And I had somebody tell me, well, why don't you just race with the elites and finish, you know, in 20 hours? And I just thought to myself, there's no way, like that's, that's so hard to do. You have to run a 14 minute mile just to finish in 24 hours, 14 and a half minute mile. Um, so I was already thinking about the big picture of 24 hours in that race. I finished, honestly, I don't even remember, but around 20 ish hours, I think. And so I started to say to myself, well, if you can do that, you can break 19 hours and I started to whittle it down to, I have to run each mile at this pace all along the way, knowing that I'm going to get slower as the race goes on. And then by the end of the race, it's going to be my slowest mile more than likely, but it should get me to under 19 hours. Now for the audience at home, I never did break 19 hours. 
I finished uh, the fastest was 1911, 1912. So it's still a goal, but it's not a failure. It's a building block to success on what I need to do to break that 19 hour barrier. But it did take time. I had to, you know, rethink how am I going to attack this goal of getting to under 19, 20 hours at the time, instead of just focusing on this massive 24 hour clock number. Absolutely amazing. Jason, this, I feel like we have multiple episodes in one, you know, we've got like a fitness episode. We have the motivation episode. We have a business strategy episode. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today and runtrymag.com, correct? That is correct. One thing you mentioned earlier, I think your audience needs to press rewind on and listen to is you said, you know, celebrate the victories and you, I believe you said you, it was your husband who runs marathons, right? Um, what I want people to think about when they listen to this is remove the word just, I just ran a marathon or I'm just running a 5k. It's not just what you have done has value and is worthy. And it's an accomplishment to celebrate marathon. Yes. I love this. There is, I could just fill up a wall with quotes from this episode alone. Jason, thank you so much. And good luck in April. Is that the next race or do you have another one before that? That'll be the next big race, April 28th, 29th, Canyons 100. I'm going to plug myself for a moment. If you go to our YouTube channel, you will see our video, my video, excuse me, uh, video blog of time for a comeback is what I'm calling it because it'll be the first hundred mile race in four years. And um, by the time this episode comes out in January, we'll have recorded three months worth. And January is when I will start my uh, race specific training. So it's pretty exciting. Oh, fantastic. Well, definitely everybody follow Jason to see the updates and is the run try all of those social links. Are those the best to follow you with your, uh, with the upcoming race as well? Absolutely. Okay, great. Great. Well, excellent. Those will all be in the show notes as well. So Jason, thank you so much. Kate, thank you so much. And I really appreciate the time and look forward to chatting in the future. If your, if your audience wants me on, I'm more than happy to join again. We would absolutely love it. I feel like I'm ready to go out and run <laughs> right now. Mission accomplished then. <laughs> exactly. I hope if, if you're listening, let us know how you feel at the end of this too. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Be The Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you like, subscribed, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.